Good evening, everyone. Let's stand with me and turn to 789 as we get started. 789, hallelujah for the cross. Amen. 789. Seven eighty nine as we get started this evening. The cross is standing fast. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Turn to page 142, 142, Blessed Redeemer, amen, 142. Up Calvary's mountain, one dreadful morn, walks Christ my Savior, weary and worn. Facing for sinners, death on the cross, that he might save them from endless loss. Blessed Redeemer, precious. 
song 515 Jesus keep me near the cross 515 near the cross Jesus keep me near the cross near the precious mountain free to all a healing stream those from
Take your prayer list, if you would. Is this yours? Oh, okay. Extra. Okay, we had 78 this morning, four first-time visitors. One young lady was here uh, from a church near Niagara Falls. I think she's attending college here. She said, my pastor told me to come here. She said, you'll see me again. So praise the Lord for that. And I uh, was talking with Brother Saravia. We had uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of about 60 hands that were represented this morning when we said, who's coming Saturday? Talked to Brother Saravia. He says he has 25 coming. Brother uh, um, Palman has about 15, and I know there's somewhere between 8 and 10 coming from uh, the Portuguese church. That puts us easily over 100 people for Saturday. And uh, that's what makes it fun, amen, is when you get all crowded together. And so uh, make sure that, uh, I hope I was clear, uh, bring the side dishes. We need salads and veggie plates and uh, whatever you like to eat along. And um, Lord willing, Brother Aguinaldo is going to provide the meat again. He said, I'll come and we'll just cook it in the oven. And so uh, that's going to be a lot of cooking. And so uh, I'll be calling him tomorrow and getting everything set up for that. And uh, so we'll bring the desserts and the salads and all that other stuff. And, uh, is lemonade and coffee sound okay for the drinks? And, and uh, we'll do that. And we'll just, uh, let's, let's just come, relax, plan on having a good time. And, of course, the best way to do that is to plan on getting here early if you can. Amen. If you show up at 6.01, running in through the door, and you've still got to heat up your food and all that stuff, uh, it's going to take you a half an hour before you calm down so you can enjoy what's going on. But if you rush and push and get here at 5.30 and you're all worked up, well, by the time we sit down and start eating, you'll be relaxed, ready to go, and we'll have a great time. And if you can't be here at 6 o'clock, um, just... Work on getting here as close. We'll be eating for at least a half hour, 45 minutes. So even if you get here at 6.30, quarter till, you'll still have enough time to wolf down a plate of food and uh, enjoy the singing. And uh, we've got a lot of fun stuff going to be going on. And uh, just looking forward to a time of praising the Lord and rejoicing in His goodness. Amen. And so uh, make your plans now just to be here you say, well, what excuses do you accept? Well, uh, death in the family, preferably your own. That's, that's the best excuse. Uh, if you're in heaven, you don't have to come here, all right? Uh, but otherwise, you ought to be here, amen? And, and so let's, uh, let's work on that. Praise the Lord. Uh, looking forward to it. I don't know uh, that we've had a time like the 4th of July in the history of our church. I mean, that was just a incredibly packed uh, time and people were just praising the Lord and having a good time. And want to try to do that again uh, Christmas. Amen? Can't think of a better time to do that. And so let's... And bring a little extra. We've passed out over 2,000 flyers. And uh, we may have some visitors come that don't bring anything. So bring a little extra uh, so that we can feed them all. Amen? And uh, we'll have we'll just praise the Lord for what's going on. Anything else you want to put on the list? Any praises? Amen. Praise the Lord for His patience 
and his mercy and Well, good for him. Praise the Lord. All right. Uh, George. Amen. Praise the Lord. Rhoda. Okay, so she took the test. Amen. Yes. Amen. Ted. Praise God, you can't lose your salvation. Amen? <laughs> he said if he, was, if he could have lost his salvation, he just might have done it making that cake for the wedding down there. And, uh, but uh, that's the way weddings are. Amen? And uh, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord we survived these things. Amen? Isn't God good? He is always working. Just let you in on a little blessing. Ken and Rose McAvoy, some of you remember them. Uh, they're moving, and uh, they said, uh, uh, if you want, we'll give you a piano and a freezer if you'll come down and pick them up. And so uh, our church now has a freezer, and um, that uh, 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 they call it a baby grand. It's like a four-and-a-half-foot grand piano downstairs is now... Uh, we don't have to use that every week, so we can start tearing it apart, fixing it up, and getting it ready to bring up here. And so uh, the Lord is working, and uh, we'll be able to step up all the way around. And uh, it's a much smaller piano than was down there. Now there's enough room on the platform to move around. We got a PA system put in downstairs. Did it with one little tiny speaker. I'll show you the size of it. You'll laugh. And everybody was happy with it. Amen? And so, uh, if anybody wants or needs great big speakers, we have two of them. They're this wide, and they're this high. And if you want them, you can take them home with you. Uh, in fact, we'll help you get them home if you want them. Um, otherwise, we're going to set them on the curb for the uh, big white truck to pick up tomorrow. And uh, so... Uh, we, we just praise the Lord for what he's doing. Amen. Okay, Brother Ding. Okay. The church in Pagadon City. Did I say that right? Okay. They're having their missions conference and their anniversary this week. So we'll keep them in prayer. Praise the Lord. They're there serving him. Amen. And praise the Lord, the Nacinos are here. Now, I'm going to embarrass Brother Ding, but his birthday's tomorrow. So 
So praise the Lord for that. All right, anything else? Yeah. Amen. Praise the Lord for the giving. Okay. I'm, okay. Praise the Lord for the teen meeting today. My wife's not a teen, but she had fun. I hope the teens that are here had fun. Did you guys have fun today? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Praise the Lord for the teen Sunday school we've had for the past four weeks. Okay. Praise the Lord for the teen Sunday school. Yes. Amen. And our first discipleship meeting last week, we had seven people. And I think we have two more promised to come uh, tomorrow night. So that's going to be nine people in our discipleship class. That's the biggest ever. So we praise the Lord for that. Moena. Amen. Amen. All right. Lots of praises. Love it when we have lots of praises. Amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your love. We thank you for all the work that you're doing in hearts and lives. We thank you for the many praises that have been here and listed. And we thank you for supplying our needs and using our people in their giving to supply the needs of the church. And Lord, we just thank and praise you for paying the bills and, and moving us so forward financially and allowing the church to get all this work done and get stronger. And Lord, we just thank you for working in hearts and lives, giving opportunities to serve. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Brother Franz? All right, let's sing one more song. Stand with me and turn to page 818. Great is thy faithfulness. Amen. 818. I see all I have. Need. 
Praise God for His faithfulness. Amen. Let's take our Bibles. We're going to kind of jump into our message tonight from Acts chapter 20 and verse 35. Acts chapter 20 and verse 35. And um, this is a verse that we hear often quoted this time of year. And... uh, I have preached along these lines before, but it is good for us to remember these things. Acts chapter 20, verse 35, Paul is speaking to the elders of the church at Ephesus here. He says, I have showed you all things, how that so laboring you ought to support the weak and to remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he said... It is more blessed to give than to receive. Now, one of the things that we think about around Christmas time is giving and receiving. Amen? And uh, it is a wonderful time of the year. It's a great time to express our love toward other people. But if the only time you get somebody something special is Christmas... Maybe we ought to stop and think about this thing a little bit. Because if you love someone, you ought to love them all year long, amen? Not just at Christmas time. And we, we need to show our love, but we can also take advantage of this time of the year to remind people of the greatest gift that was ever given, and that was the person of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen? He is the greatest gift He is the greatest giver. He gave what? Himself. The sacrifice for our sins. And was just thinking about this, and and like I said, I've I've preached along these lines before. I hope you don't mind hearing some of it again. But the greatest gifts that are given are meant to be given again. They're not meant to be kept. You ever thought about that? The greatest gifts that have ever been given to you were meant to be passed along to other people. Amen? You know, I think of uh, a gift that was given to me uh, 
Paul, let me see now, almost 20 years ago. It's sitting right over there. Uh, my mom gave me my saxophone, this one right here, when I graduated Bible college. And she said, I want to buy you the kind of saxophone that you've always needed to, to play and, uh, and uh, said, but I want you to use it for the Lord. You see, she gave me a gift, but that gift was meant to be used. Now, I have to be honest with you, when Bill Clinton was in the White House, I kept it in my case because every time I got it out, do you play like Bill? Now, praise God, not at Open Door Bible Baptist Church, but uh, uh, many preachers would say that, and I, I get tired of hearing, do I play like some worldling, amen? And, uh, and there was a great desire upon many people's part that, that you play that kind of music in the church. And so I just kept it in the case. And I'm getting it out again and trying to practice and, uh, and uh, hope you don't mind hearing the mistakes, especially when Mr. Franz picks five and six sharps. Um, now, see, I can't play what's written in the hymn book. I have to transpose everything. And, uh, and so Mr. Franz loves picking songs with lots of accidentals and all these kinds of things in there. And if you don't play music, you don't have any idea what I'm talking about. But it sounds difficult, doesn't it? And, uh, and so, but honestly, that ought not be difficult for me, and it's because I haven't been practicing. But hopefully once I get back up practicing again, it'll all come out the way it should. But gifts are given to us. The greatest gifts that you've ever received were not meant to be kept. They were meant to be used and shared with other people. Amen? What's the greatest gift you've ever received? Salvation. That If you don't have that gift, you have nothing. Amen? It doesn't matter. If, it says, what if a man gained the whole world and lose his own soul? If you don't have the gift of salvation, what do you have? Absolutely nothing. But what are you supposed to do with your salvation? Are you supposed to just sit on your blessed assurance and thank God for saving you and that you don't have to go to hell? Is that what you're supposed to do with your salvation? No. Paul in Philippians said, we're to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. Now, many people have read that verse and they say, listen, uh, you've got to make a deal with God. You've got to work out your own deal. And your No, no. That is taking Scripture out of context. God gives you the gift. You're supposed to use it. Amen? You're supposed to work it out. Now, I'm not supposed to live your salvation. You have to live your salvation. Amen? No one can live your Christian life for you. You must work it out. You must use it. You must express it. That's what God gave us salvation for. So we can give it back to him and people can see the change in our life and the glorification of God is the goal of our salvation all God's people said you're supposed to give that gift back not that you give your salvation away you can't do that but you're to take it and you're to use it and you're to use it in such a way that brings glory to God you ever, oh, I remember back when 
my wife and I were dating. And it was October of 1987, I believe. Her dad finally gave me permission to let her have my classroom. And uh, that was a big deal, amen? And um, he, he actually allowed her to come. And one of the reasons I love Brother Clayton is Brother Clayton worked it out so she could fly the whole way from Seattle, Washington and meet my family in Baltimore, Maryland. And Brother Clayton was the chaperone. And without him, I don't think that would have ever happened. And um, wasn't it... Uh, who was it that said when you got off the plane, all they saw was that ring? Was that your mom? Becky, okay. Said all she could see was that big class ring hanging from a necklace. Uh, and, uh, but you see, I wanted my wife to, uh, now she wasn't my wife then, I wanted her to display that thing. Uh, because it's one of those great big rings, you know. Uh, it was just high school ring, but it was a big, thick university style ring. And, and uh, you know, when you wear that thing, all the other guys go, ooh, don't want to mess with that one. <laughs> and as she wore that ring and displayed that thing, all the other guys left her alone. I liked it that way. And she did too. She didn't keep the gift a secret. Amen. She let other people know. A few years later, we put on a different set of rings. I almost never, ever take my ring off because everywhere I go, I want to display the fact that I am married. Amen. I also want to display the fact that I'm a Christian. That gift was given. It's not meant to be kept a secret. If you spent time and effort to pick out a gift for someone and they went and hid it, put it away on a shelf somewhere, never touched it, never looked at it, never did it, what would you feel like? Wouldn't you feel a little bit ashamed? Wouldn't you feel like they didn't care about what you got them? When we get somebody something, we want them to enjoy it. You know what a lot of people try to do with their salvation? Oh, thank you so much for my salvation, God. Now what can I do to pay you back for what you've given me? Do you think God wants to hear that? That's offensive to him. He wants us to take that gift. He says, I come to give you life, and that life what? More abundantly. Do you think you could enjoy your salvation this Christmas season? God wants you to, amen, and all through the year. It is not a drudgery to be saved. Guess what, teenagers? You're not missing out on anything by being saved and living for God, amen? Amen. Adults, you're not missing out on anything. Guess what? You're missing out on divorce court. Isn't that a wonderful thing? If, you're, if you and your wife are saved and you love the Lord Jesus Christ, there's no excuse, amen? That's a wonderful thing. You know, there's people fighting to get on that program because they're going to get money if they go on there and expose all their dirty, filthy details about each other. 
And you talk about dumber than a box of rocks. Hey, I don't have to worry about what the stock market's doing. Isn't that a wonderful gift? I don't have anything there. You know what? God gives out better than interest. He gives out folds. One fold. You put one grain of corn in the ground, and you get three to four ears of corn back. Wall Street doesn't know how to give returns like that. How many kernels of corn are on one ear? Have you ever stopped and thought about that? That's one fold. You get three to four ears of corn on a good, healthy stalk of corn. I like God's way of giving. Amen? Listen. Let's make sure that we take what God gives us. Let's take those gifts and remember that though we're supposed to share them with everybody we meet, we're really supposed to give them back to God. Amen? As I give back the changed life to God that he's given me, guess what I do? I influence others for Jesus, don't I? If I try to influence others just for the sake of doing that, what do I become? Just somebody with a big mouth, amen? But if I am giving my life back to God and giving back to God what he has given to me, I can become a soul winner, amen? I can help people find Jesus. And that's what it is all about, is it not? When you give something, and the, the illustration is God loves his church like a man ought to love his wife. You know, when a man gives something to his wife, it is not, it should not be to get something back. But he should get something back, shouldn't he? You see, we have, I've, I've dealt with people over the years. I said, here's what we have going on in your marriage. I said, we have a spiral of destruction. You are taking his behavior and justifying your wrong behavior. And then he's taking your wrong behavior and justifying more wrong behavior. And you're taking his more wrong behavior and justifying more wrong behavior. Do you see where this thing's going? That's not good, amen? Now, the way it ought to be is the husband puts good behavior into the relationship and the wife goes, wow, this is a wonderful thing. I'm going to put more good behavior in. I'm going to use his behavior as a justification to do more good. And then the husband goes, wow, this is really good. I'm going to do more good. And the wife goes, man, this is better than I ever thought. I'm going to do more good. Do you see where we're going with this? That's what the Lord wants you to experience in your salvation relationship with him. 
And if you're married, that's what he wants to happen in your marriage as well. It is a win-win-win situation if you do things God's way. Amen? Amen. Oh, me? <laughs> I'm looking out here. I'm going, whoa, maybe I'm in the wrong church tonight here. But it's something that we have to labor for and work at. You see, God has given us these things. You want God to give you great blessings? Take advantage of the ones He's already given you. That's what opens the door to the next level. Obedience. Just trusting God no matter what. How many times... Even in some of our, our people here tonight are brand new Christians. But if you'll stop and you'll think about just taking God's word and just obeying it, it might seem like the littlest baby step in the world. It might seem like it's insignificant, but do it. And it opens the door for the next step. And it opens the door for the next step. And God's blessings get bigger as our obedience gets bigger. You want the joy? Give back to God what is given to you. You want the joy in your marriage? Start giving without expecting anything back. You know what? Nobody can turn down love. Just can't do it. It's the most powerful force in the universe. Because what? God is love. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you this night. And Lord, as we think about this season that we're in, giving, receiving, trying to show our love, especially to unsaved family and friends, Lord, we ask that you would help us to give. Help us to understand what we have received. Give it back to you. Display it. Show the great work that you are doing in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. And if you need to come, would like to spend a few minutes at the altar, the altar's open. Then we'll get into our prayer time. Just a few moments if anybody would like to come and pray. Amen. Take your prayer list if you would. And... Uh,